0: Welcome back to Change Voices, where we explore the challenges, successes, and lessons of leadership through the experiences of women leaders across Africa and beyond. I am your host, Paula Frey, CEO of Frey Intermedia. I am still in Kampala, Uganda, and this week I am speaking about supporting transformational leadership with Rita Akta Rita is executive director of the Institute for Social Transformation, where she recently led a transformative leadership process with Uganda's Market Women. Rita has extensive experience with public policy analysis, gender budgeting, mainstreaming, legislative analysis, and drafting, amongst others. We explored how her organization helped Market Women develop an app through the process of transformational leadership. And I started by asking her to share her journey with us. Sorita welcome it's good to be chatting to you here in Kampala thank you most welcome to Kampala as well thank you yeah. so so share a little bit of your own um, journey um, um, to the Institute for social transformation My journey to the institute started way back in two thousand and seven
1: when I did a course in training for transformation uh, in South Africa at the small uh, town of Claremont, a training institute that builds capacities of young women in leadership and prepares them to take on bigger challenges in life to lead others. And uh, at that time is where I met Uh, a group of other East African women that were going through the trainings, but also I had an opportunity to meet quite a number of cross-generational Aruminae that had gone uh, through the training, and among them was the lady, Dr. Thelma Awori, who was a tutor then, and uh, being from Uganda, and her being Ugandan and living and working here, she had an idea about uh, strengthening that network of training for transformation graduates to be able to extend an arm of it in East Africa to train more young women into leadership uh, through uh, from the eastern and horn of africa mm. so when i came back of course i went to do many other things including working in parliament but at some point in 2003 uh, i know i kept speaking to her that i needed uh, to contribute to to that cause so in 2003 i did join the institute as a policy analyst that's mm. how i started
0: did you always see yourself as a leader mm.
1: Yes, yes, I have seen myself as a leader from a young age, and uh, by the circumstances, how I grew up, but even uh, before then, I grew up as an orphan, orphan, double orphan at the age of 10, but even before then, the style of parenting in my home was more leadership oriented, you know, take it on do this and that. So when our parents left, there was no choice other than to take leadership. At the age of, you know, by 12, I could hire and fire workers. You're supposed to take care of them. You're supposed to give them their job description. What is it they do? You're supposed to know and reprimand when they don't produce the desired uh, results. You're supposed to manage money and income for the family. And then at the end of it all, put all resources together as children sit down and you're able to, uh, to distribute resources to yourselves and make sure the home stays. And for sure, proudly, for all those years, we managed the family resources and we managed all to go through school. So leadership to me, uh, I've known it as I grew up. Now I'm just getting to the peaks of it.
0: So yeah. the Institute for Social Transformation has a very specific philosophy, doesn't it? Yes.
1: Could you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, the philosophy is based on Paul Freire, who was a Brazilian f- professor that believes that people have the power to change circumstances around them. They only need to learn to read and interpret their reality and be able to come together to take action. Uh, this is very real. For instance, talk about women empowerment. There is no one who can hand you empowerment. People can put circumstances, can put ways to facilitate you to embrace empowerment. But for you to pick that rope, imagine a woman in a ditch and you throw a rope there. If you do not have energy, it means someone will fall in the ditch with you and then carry you through. But transformation and, uh, uh, says that every individual has that inner capacity to pull themselves through circumstances. You only need to build from what they know to the unknown. And precisely, Freire says that human beings are not empty tanks to be filled with knowledge. They do have knowledge. You only use, need to use different circumstances to build it and it grows. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you're active not
1: just in Uganda, but in the East African region. Yes, we are. We do work with partners. Like I told you, there are ladies across the region that have gone through this training. Some work in uh, foundations like the Grail Centre, others are in NGOs like us. So we work through that network. Uh, we call it TFT Africa and to be able to do this whole work across the region.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Rita, can we talk a little bit about transformational leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how would you define it? Uh, for me, it is very simple,
1: in, uh, and transformational teachers have to communicate in the most simple ways and language that people do not find jargons to anything. Transformational leadership is about creating lasting positive change in people's lives. They should be able to feel it, relate with it, and it should be helping to get them from one situ- desirable situation to the desired situation. Transformational leadership must embrace people's dreams and visions to be able to define what is it they see, they term and feel as a development. Mm. You don't have to define things for them. They need to define it for themselves because mm. that's what makes meaning. That's why you see in Uganda and I think Africa, the way the world economists try to define poverty for instance, does not suit certain circumstances. Mm. I give you a good example. We have a region in Uganda, the Kalamboja region, where you find one man will own 1,000 cattle. Mm. But in terms of economics, they regard him to be a poor person. Would that fit? Mm. So that means that transformation should be brought down to a lower level for people to be, define their circumstances and put meanings to it. For me, transformative leadership leaves lasting change. And one of the other examples I can give that I read, I feel proud is a transformational leader to date is President Mm Nyerere. That even today in the Tanzania and East African region there are ways of how he lived his life. There are ways how he led the region for people still remember him for that. To live exemplary lives. So even when he's gone, he remains a transformative Mm -hmm. leader for life. And that's what we can see and touch. So if I'm a leader and I lead at IST, years when I've gone, if there is no trace of what impact I created at the institute, mm. then I will have lost it.
0: So how do you create that um, that lasting sustainable change? What are the the things you need to do in order to make sure that it's not just a nice feeling when you're there, but when you're gone, that there's an actual legacy? One of the things is in transformational uh, uh, training for transfer, we believe that
1: feelings are facts. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And if you do work that touches people's emotions, feelings, and beliefs, to push them from one point to another, you have made it. Because if today, uh, i give you an example of uh, market women that we do work with at the Mm Institute very, very strongly. One of their feelings, one got up one day and told me she comes to the market, to the stall. All she does the whole day is to sit and wait for a client to come. And they were frustrated. Is How can they break the barriers to be able to overcome just waiting for a client at the stall? Mm-hmm. So we started to think, who stops the client from frequenting? And then we started to discover one by one that they are middlemen somewhere staged. there they are boys, there they are girls who are using the opportunity. So in a transformative way, we started thinking, how do we break these chains? So eventually we've come up with an idea of having an online sales app. Her problem was how to be able to make more money, to get more customers. And as a transformative leader, my issue was to use the circumstances, the knowledge I have, reading the environment with them, And discover Mm -hmm. what is it that could be able to help them today Mm -hmm. and that is an app.
0: So so in some ways the question would be how does this differ from any good marketer right to kind of says okay my clients aren't coming to me Mm -hmm. how do I get my client how do I get to my clients what's the difference between transformational leadership and and transformation you you hand the power to the
1: person Mm -hmm. to be able to do something different you take advantage of the circumstance, you use it, you make money, mm-hmm. and you can even walk away and yeah. leave them in the similar circumstance. Mm-hmm. Primarily what a business entity would have done mm-hmm. is to jump on that opportunity, see how to utilize the weakness, make mm-hmm. money, and leave them the way they are. Mm-hmm. But we have handed over the power to say, this is it, you will learn mm-hmm. from a point of learning, you will do it yourself. You will get, make the money, see it, pay it yourself and eventually be able to see that you are moving from earning maybe $10 a day to possibly $20 or $100 mm-hmm. as we, we have the dream to go. Yeah. So transformation gives you the power to be able to have that freedom to make a decision, freedom to be able to determine what is it that works mm-hmm. for you
0: and what is it that does not work for you. If you're handing over the power mm-hmm. to to the community that you're working with, in yeah. this particular case, the women mm-hmm. in the market, mm-hmm. right? And on the one hand it feels like it's a quick process, right? Because you developed an app and the app is now mm-hmm. up and running. But it's but it actually quite a long process, wasn't it? It was a consultative process. Yes. Could you take your our listeners through that process of, of working with women and the process of voice and power okay. um, and then what actually happened in terms of the app yes, indeed, you rightly said the journey has been long mm-hmm. not yet over,
1: we're still on the journey it started simply by walking to the markets talking to these women and realising that they had been ripped off their dignity their voice and their power The markets are predominantly occupied by women. And every town in Uganda has more than one or so markets. But the markets we work with are the biggest, where the population is very high. Talk about 4,000 market women. Talk about uh, 2,000. Talk about 1,000. So these women were working in those markets. The markets are over 75% occupied by women. But the leadership was male. In the markets, women were not allowed to organize. They were not even allowed to have meetings. The only thing they did was to work, and they didn't see themselves as an entity, as women. Each of them was standing on their individual merit. If there is a problem in the market, it's sanitation, toilet has broken down, there's no water, everyone identifies and sees the problem as an individual. So we started to work with them, and we do a program we call Voice and Power. When you say voice, what does it mean? If you have a voice... How does a woman who has a voice look like? How does she act like? What does that voice mean? What does it give you? What value does it add? And it would go very practical. Mm-hmm. If you have a voice, how can you use it? And they would start to tell you, I will speak. And you will speak about what? They say, This is what I would want to speak about. Mm-hmm. Who will you speak about it to? They will tell you, This is the person I would want to speak about it with. And then also talk about where the voice comes from. You will have worked on this person's confidence and self-esteem. So we started to literally look at them. How do they view themselves? Unfortunate for the women in the markets, they had embraced the negative perception and, and grading of what the public gives them. Working in the market is considered to be lowly they usually go there because it's like one of the last resorts. They do not choose to go. When the social necks or bo- break, they have no one to rely to. So usually family or friends, they say, y- I can give you some little capital. You go to the market and you start uh, to, do, uh, to do sell. So because of the way they work, where they work, people have graded them like that. And they had also 100% mm-hmm. embraced that kind of definition. So now we had to have them and learn that for sure mm. they could be working in those very circumstances. People may have defined them as that, but they are, that is not who they are. So we wanted them to start thinking that the perceptions that they have been dressed in are not. It's not them. Mm. We started now to look at a market woman, the level of resilience mm. that they have. If you went, whether you went to West Africa or North Africa and faced the life of a market woman, if you are a person regarded that very vulnerable, speechless, you will not even persevere for a month. They are survivors. They have high level of resilience. They will do it, do it, do it until they find it working for their Mm -hmm. families. Because most of them live for the daily bread. Mm. So for you to go through all those circumstances, their disease is high. They have very high hopes. Mm. Because they hope that in this market, I will get food today, I will get fees tomorrow, I will get money for medical fees, and I will survive in this market. Mm. Because the way patriarchy plays in spaces of the market is is very, very extreme. Mm. It has a very high-handed hand on the women. So we went through Voice and Power. After we are done with voice and power, we spoke about personal grooming. Mm. Because now they knew they had a voice. But for them to fit in that voice, they needed to work on themselves. Their inner feeling, the way they present themselves. Because people take you for who you are, even when they look at you. We would go through these processes that at some point myself, I almost lost it. I had to come to a point of truth telling. You invite them for a meeting, because... At the institute, we didn't want to fit them in the description that everyone gives them. We wanted them to have meetings in decent spaces, well organized, where they can also feel they are important people. And then they would turn up with dirty clothes. They have not really done anything to improve their look. And yet, you discuss and you ask them, do you have any nicer clothes. They say, yes. So why don't you put them on? They say, no, I'm a market woman. Do you see? So you are a market woman, it bounds on you that you will come here with torn sandals and all that. They say, yes, because we work in the market. I told them, that's not who you are. Because everyone defines them as that, now you need to undress that and put in a new way of looking. And they started to say yes, because if you have clothes you're keeping only for Sunday, how many Sundays do you have in a year? So we started to agree that every day they need to dress well. Mm. If you come to stall it is okay. You can put an apron and it is clean. And then when you're called for a meeting or if you decide to go somewhere, you're equally presentable. But even a person who finds you at the stall sees a bit of organization and sense Mm -hmm. and value in you. So they started to say, oh, that is very important. Then we started to ask questions. As a person, what is it that makes you happy? They used to tell us, you see people who work in offices, you're very lucky, you get a salary. At the end of the month, you can give yourself a treat. And when we started to do trainings on financial literacy, they were faced with these questions. What prevents you from rewarding yourself? you are proud, you want to yearn to get a salary. Do the mathematics, find it, where is it, and name it so. And the women started, if you talk to them today, they will tell you, for once I also earn a salary. But it is handed to themselves by themselves. Mm -hmm. But the fact that that's what they wanted to to be, that's what they wanted to achieve. They were not rewarding themselves at all. Mm -hmm. Always doing for others, for others. Mm -hmm. So all those aspects... It's been a long journey. Then we moved to leadership. Now, in the way the markets were structured, they believed that the men were the leaders, and after all, they should continue being leaders. So we started to link two things. The issues or concerns and and, and difficulties that they are encountering in the markets and how they reflect on the type of leadership that they have. The leadership, they do not participate, because they were only men, they had no platforms of interaction between the the, the, the market authorities and the leaders. So we said, okay, we could not have gone in there to overhaul the system like Mm. that. I told them it's okay. So we are going to create platforms for us, as the women, utilize them very well. First, start by being leaders to yourselves, Mm. grow these platforms. Choose your leaders. Start discussing issues that affect you. And their primary duty was one, when they have issues, let them meet as women, as if they are caucusing, discuss the issues, make resolutions, and select a team to walk to the market authorities. And they started to do that. Before they knew it, oh, when you go there, they tell you we are leaders. Because they started thinking it is workable. Of course, the men on the other side were scared. They even threatened us as an organization to get out of the markets Mm. because they're saying you're making the women impossible, you know, like how Mm. patriarch plays. Who is going to deal with these women? This is not your place to work. We said we are here by right, Mm. not by your permission. Because as an NGO, I mean, if you have a license, you're mandated to work Mm -hmm. with women. You can work with women of all categories. But eventually today, the story is different. The markets where we do work have found value. They have lessened their levels of conflicts because the women now are organized. Their challenges they are able to deal with, they are also easy to mobilize for any interventions that come on their way. We discussed that. The other issues that were a challenge was who speaks for them. Of course, most of the markets in towns that means that they make news and. What was the routine between the perceptions of the market women and the journalists? Each of them perceived the other in a more negative way. The women thought, ah, those journalists don't like us. They only come to us problems. They label us troublemakers because to them they only saw themselves in the news either when they have strikes or when trouble has happened. They said other days they don't want to come and know what we are saying, what message do we have. And the journalists were saying, we had a a face-off for them to speak to each other. Mm -hmm. The journalists were saying, we don't bother to come because you don't want to speak to us. You are shy. You don't want to give us information. So what we do, we look for whoever can speak on your behalf. So after we we did go through all those perceptions of different Mm sides. so we said, can we now create the new beginning? So the journalists said, this is what we would expect. The women said, this is what we would expect. Of course, our work as the Institute was now to come in and give communication skills to the women. Mm-hmm. Start to do moot, moot talk shows, radio talk shows, television talk shows, moot discussions of media interviews. Of course, the journalists were willing to mm-hmm. also come in and, and help us. And then we started testing them. Outside, so today they call. They call. They yeah. call market women to go on on TV, to go on radio, and when the journalists go there, they have a number of women mm-hmm. to be able to pick news from. Mm-hmm. And of course, lastly, what I can say is about organizing.
0: So why is this process so yeah. important? Because it was a process, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. simply. We've discovered the need, let's fix the need, let's move on. Mm. Why is the process so important?
1: The process is very important because the process determines the product. Like mm-hmm. anything, yeah. if you're working on a product of bread, the baker will tell you there's a process. Even if it's a simple recipe for making omelette, it has a process. So the process is important that people appreciate where they are. They are able to read the reality of their circumstances. They are able to determine the next destination of where they would want to Mm. be. So now the process becomes the connection of the journey where you are and where you want to be. Mm. Then the process
0: uh, drives you back to, to, to your dream. So the outcome really was that you were able to develop an app that would help the women actually sell their products a lot more efficiently. Yes. So, Sarita, will not you tell us a little bit about the app? Yes, the Market Garden
1: is the name of the app. It links the buyer, actually takes you literally to the garden in the market for you to be able to buy fresh uh, wood uh, foods, but also dry products are on the app. And the app, Uh, you you go online, you download the market garden, you are able to get it on your phone and it has a a place for uh, a buyer and then the place for a market woman. Certainly you can't go to the market woman so you go a place for a buyer or the client and then you're able to, of course you must log in put in your email if you have your phone number if you have your identification if you have and then we have on the list of all products in all markets and we are piloting it in three markets in Kampala. So there is a drop-down if you talk about fish. We have different types of fish in Uganda they will all be listed. If you talk about mangoes, they have all different types of mangoes and the categories and the prices. Mm-hmm. So what you do, you go and tick all your entire list for shopping and then you the cost how much you would want to buy. And the market woman's duty is to, there are alerts that come to their phone when an order comes in, they are able to pick and then put together the items and then find the delivery
0: of, uh, mechanism of delivery and up to your door stop. How is the vegetable known normally delivered. So if I order something on my app, yes, what would normally happen?
1: If you order something on your app, they will pack them up and then go to the, uh, we, we are partnering with some of the established entities in transport. So after they have put your items together, they do go to one of those entities, pick up a delivery and they put and then it will be to your desktop and you pay by a mobile money. Okay. They, you pay online. We do not. Uh, so there's in no cash. exchange
0: of cash. There is no pay. exchange
1: of cash. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. But, but it was quite interesting though because once you also d- developed the app and you were able to identify mm-hmm. the women who could supply vegetables, fruit, and vegetables for the app and um, mm-hmm. fresh produce, you also trained them in order to make sure that they were serving their clients mm-hmm. right in in a professional way. So, yes, we
1: have had trainings of uh, of health and sanitation. There mm-hmm. are even standards. We, we were very glad to know that uh, the city has standards for food, then we also trained them in customer care. Of course, I told you we trained in financial literacy, business development, personal grooming, but also to know uh, we want to use the app to have like a simple arithmetic of keeping their business records, because this is a very big challenge. So we thought, if we have this app, we should be able to some of, solve sort of some of the challenges for financial inclusion. That at the end of six months, if this lady needs a loan in a bank or a, a savings and cooperative a scheme, mm-hmm. we can be of help. To say this is how she has been doing, and we become it becomes like a source of information mm-hmm. to know the value of their businesses.
0: Is this is this? um program sustainable when the Institute for Social Transformation is not around? Yes, the program is sustainable. We are very lucky
1: that we did a benchmarking in Rwanda. They have the Buy From Women. That is one of the key lessons that they told us, which they never did. So they said, please build sustainability. So from the start, for instance, the women will give a small contribution, but like I told you, the the users or the clients will have to pay a service fee for the app. So we have developed a mechanism to imbue the costs for sustainability that eventually it will roll by itself.
0: It's a fascinating project, and I really wish you all the best with it. I wish you every success. Thank you. But if if our listeners were really keen on promoting sustainable transformation leadership, Mm -hmm. what tips would would you give them? First of all, listening to the people is important
1: because what is sustainable you are solving a need if you are not solving a need then it is not sustainable it will fade as possibly with the person who initiates then number two is to take time to find ways and solutions together because I told you that Frally, Paul freely believes that human beings are not empty teens they have something to offer so what? how do the people you are trying to help Envision their solutions to be like. What is it they perceive as a solution? Because you know uh, this whole aspect of, of organizations and non-government organizations is we being perceived to to hand down things for free. That even if they don't uh, con- continue, it is not addressed. After all, it wasn't from their pocket. So people should be able to contribute. What are they contributing? Is it money? Is it their time? Is it the space? Is it their ideas? They must see it as a source of a solution to something, and they must contribute. Even when they are at their poorest point, they have something to offer. At least they will offer time. Then the, the, the other question to solve with sustainability is what different levels? Is it social, economic, and political? For instance, an app is more of an economic intervention. But in the end, it's going to end up as a social intervention as well. It has brought the women together. It has brought them together to discuss business, to discuss health and hygiene. It has brought them to come better, to work on their health, to be able to do better businesses. So it's beyond money. It talks about health. It talks about GBV. And you're addressing all these things holistically. Mm -hmm. For me, that's what sustainability is about.
0: So Rita, on that very holistic vision of what we need to be doing from a transformational point of view, let me say thank you very much you're and welcome. all the best with the application and with the thank future you. projects that you're going to be working on. Thank so you. thank you. Thank you, Paula. So what then are the steps to promoting sustainable transformational leadership? Rita puts her constituents at the centre of the process, starting with having an holistic vision of the change you want. She has a participatory approach and urges us to listen to those we are working with in order to solve real needs. Next, says Rita, we must take time to find solutions together. And finally, she emphasizes that everyone can make a contribution. Her story is an inspiration, and you can find her advice and more on all the Frey Intermedia social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube, you can find more information about the work we do and the Change Voices podcast on our website, freyintermedia.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. Email me at pfrey at or direct message me on social media to let me know if there are any women you want to hear from. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss out on our next conversation and do rate us on whatever platform you listen on. It does help other women get to know about the podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's discussion. Until next time, let's lead.